0: Moses was groomed by God from birth for a special task. Eventually, he would grow up to be the leader of his people, the Israelites. One of the most famous characters in history, Moses brought ten plagues to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and then led Israel out of Egypt. He brought with him the bones of Joseph to bury in the Promised Land. He led the Israelites for forty years in the wilderness, and finally brought them to the borders of the Promised Land. Moses was an exceptional man, who was also very human. His faith in God led him to do whatever God wanted, most of the time. There were times, though, he chose to do his own thing, which he suffered for. Eventually, however, he did obey, and that's what matters most. Moses passed the tests.
1: Good morning everyone. Good to see you here today. I'm so glad. Someone's glad to see me. And is it ever good to see Robin home? Welcome home, Robin. You don't look bushwhacked. You don't look bushwhacked. You look pretty good. So good to have you here today and what a beautiful day today. I'm so glad you decided to come to church first. And um, this morning, I believe that God's going to reward you for your faithfulness. And this morning, my dear class, we are looking at the life of Moses. He is the most important prophet for the Jewish people. The, they're, he's actually called our teacher. And the reason he's called our teacher is because he is the giver of the Torah or the, the law of God. And... Um, you know, the life of Moses is really quite remarkable. It's, it's just full, chock full of amazing uh, events. And, and so this morning, uh, I just want to point out to you that DreamWorks actually made a movie about his life called The Prince of Egypt. How many have seen that? How many knew that, that The Prince of Egypt is actually Moses? It, if they called it Moses, it probably wouldn't have got much traction, but they called it the Prince of Egypt, and actually we took a group of kids, uh, Marilyn will remember this, we took a group of kids years ago when it first came out from our kids' club, and it was an absolutely stunning movie, um, because the story is amazing, it's all about God's grace and goodness. When we were at, uh, at the Vatican, we saw this statue by Michelangelo, this is Moses. And, uh, and so this morning, that's where we're going to go. We're going to talk about the faith of Moses. We're going to talk about how it applies to our life. So before we go any further, I'd like to do a little exercise with the class. Is everybody up for this? <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Is everybody up for this? Yeah, thank you. Whoever said no, you're in big trouble after. <laughs> go to the principal's office. And so, uh, yeah. So here it is. Now, if you've seen this before, please don't spoil it for the people beside you. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at a sentence, and we're going to read it. And then I want you to count how many Fs there are. That's the letter F. Say it. F. F. Where's F on the board? Oh, yeah, it's right over there. See? (laughs) Okay, class, this is the letter F. I'm so glad we could use that. So we're looking for the letter F. And if you see it, I, I just want you to count to yourself. Don't count out loud. Don't be a show off. Because nobody likes show offs, right? Good. So if you say it out loud, you're a show off. OK, here we go. Ready? We're going to count the Fs. And I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to turn it off. Here we go. Oh, that's not it. Hang on, that's not doing don't count any Fs in there. <laughs> That's, that's not it. Um, let me just say this. i got to check to see whether it's here. Oh, there it is. Okay. Before we go any further, <laughs> let me just read the scripture to you. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for. Read it with me. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And if you, if you haven't noticed it yet, we are studying through Chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews. So, the writer of Hebrews is telling us what faith is. Faith is a confidence, a boldness, an assurance that the thing that we're hoping for, the thing that we do not see, is a thing that we know is going to come to pass. We see this in the life of Moses. So, we're going to do this exercise now. This time it's for real. Count the F's. I'm going to read the sentence and I'm going to turn it off. Ready? Ready? Finished files are the result of years of scientific study combined with the experience of years. Okay, count the Fs in there. Finished files are the result of years of scientific study combined with the experience of years. Okay. How many saw one F? Put your hand up. At least one F. You Tell me you didn't see one F. Okay, how many saw two Fs? Okay. How many saw three Fs? Well that's amazing. So is that it? No. How many saw more than three Fs? How many saw four Fs? Okay. Did anybody see five Fs? Well it was a few people. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. How many? Okay, how many have done this before? That's how you know the answer. No? How many saw five Fs? One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Did anybody see any more than that? Yes, how many did you see, Janet? Did anybody see seven Fs? Well, no, there weren't seven Fs. <laughs> so so what I'm going to do is I'm going to send you to the principal's office, and you're going get to get a note for the teacher to take, or your parent to take you to the doctor to get glasses. Okay, if you saw six Fs, you're absolutely correct. Now the thing is, that most of us saw only the three Fs: finished files, and then the F in scientific. That's what the majority of us saw. But I want you to see this. Look at. Oh, what's this? Do we have a revolt in the class? <laughs> look at this. Look, look. Finished files are the result of years of. Let's see the F there. Scientific study combined with the experience of years. Now, okay, just enough chat, chitter-chatter class. Most of us saw just the three Fs, but there were, in fact, six of them. Now, here's the thing that most of us need to take away from this. I think all of us need to take away from this, hopefully. And that is, is that not everything that we see, not everything we understand, not everything that we perceive is the real picture or is a real story. Does everybody get that? Not everything that we see or perceive is, in fact, the truth. And this is why it is so critical that we as Christians learn what it means to trust God and to do what he says. This is what faith is. To be, say it with me. Believe. Wow. <laughs> Class, you see this poster here? This is like a grade four classroom. Believing God and doing what he says equals faith. Now, the people on this side of the class, you couldn't see it, but I'm going to give you marks anyway. (laughs) This is why we have to trust God, because not everything we perceive, not everything that we see, makes sense to us. In fact, my experience, after all these years of living on planet Earth, there's so much I don't get, so much I don't understand. There's so many things that God tells me to do in his word that doesn't make sense to me, or I don't see the importance of it. Now, listen to this. It's really important to get this. Otherwise, you're not going to see where I'm going with my message this morning. When God tells us to do something in his word, he tells it to us for our good. Because he loves us. Did you get that? Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But listen to this, folks. Some people think that's just an automatic blank check that you can just get whatever you want. But that's not how it works. Even though your TV preachers are going to tell you that, That's not the truth. That's not the reality. The reality is is that we need to learn what it means to obey God, to trust him, to believe him and do what he says so that we can enjoy the abundant life that Jesus promises us. Now, we read that scripture. uh, Faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. That's what Hebrews 11 is all about. It's all about these wonderful, godly people who trusted God, who believed God, even though they couldn't see the end result. They believed God. By the way, did you know that in the Ten Commandments, there are actually Ten Commandments, and one of the commandments actually has a promise of blessing attached to it. And it's a a special uh, command, especially for children. And the command says, do it. honor your mother and father so that what? So that your days may be long, so that you may be blessed, you may experience the blessing of God in your life. Now, as a child, you have no idea what that means, right? You don't know whether that's good or bad, if that's helpful or not. You think, oh, I'm sure my parents are following this religion just so that I'll do whatever they say. But the Bible is clear that when we obey our parents or honor our parents, then God blesses us. So let's take a look then at the life of Moses. Moses teaches us what faith is. Believe God, do what he says, even if it doesn't make sense to us, and even if we can't see what God sees. We obey him anyways. Tell the person beside you, you have to obey God anyways. Go ahead, just tell them that. Okay, that's good. No more whispering in class, please. And by the way, no passing notes or talking, class, while I'm talking. Egypt's new Pharaoh forgot about Joseph. We talked about Joseph last week. Joseph saved the lives of the Egyptians and Pharaoh. He made Pharaoh extremely rich. But the new Pharaoh forgot all about Joseph when, after Joseph died, and he became paranoid. And uh, and here's what he said. He said to his, his fellow leaders and his, his uh, counselors, his wise men, he said, if we don't do something, there will be even more of these Israelites. And then if war breaks out, what happens if they join our enemies? Then they'll fight against us and then leave the country. So he's really paranoid. So what he does is he puts Egyptian slave drivers over the people of Israel And these slave drivers, they treat the Israelites badly and make them work hard. But here's what they discovered, and we read this in Exodus 1, verse 12. The worse that the slave drivers treated the Israelites, the more that the Israelites increased. And so it seemed the worse they were treated, the more Israelites there were. So Pharaoh, again, is getting paranoid. He calls in the midwives. Those are the women that deliver the babies for the Jewish people. And he says to the midwives, I want you to kill all the male children. As they're being born, just kill them right on the spot. Strangle them. Do whatever it takes. But the midwives feared God, and they refused to kill the male children. And so Pharaoh is furious, and he calls the midwives in. And he says to the midwives, why aren't you listening to me? Why don't you do as, I'm, as you're told? Why don't you obey me? And the women are really smart. They came up with a great answer. And they said, quote, Hebrew women are not like the women of Egypt. They're strong. They have their babies before we get there. (laughs) Now, Pharaoh was smart. He would have recognized, well, if that were the case, you don't need midwives. But anyway, uh, Pharaoh thinks, i got to solve this problem. These Israelites are going to overrun our land, and then next thing you know, They're going to turn against us. And so he gives an order to the Israelite people, and he says, throw every Hebrew baby boy into the Nile River, but you can keep your baby girls. you got to destroy your boys. Now, Moses' parents, they are godly people, and they, quite frankly, refuse to commit abortion. They will not abort the life of their little boy. They refuse to kill their son. And so what Moses' mom does is she gets some tar and some, and some reeds, and, he, and she builds a nice little ark or a basket and places baby Moses in that basket and lets it float down the river Nile towards the place where Pharaoh's daughter bathes. This was actually the beginning of Moses' walk of faith. Moses' walk of faith actually begins with his parents. Now, all you parents here this morning, and we've got a good number of them, here's what I want you to understand, is one of the chief jobs that you have is to inspire faith in your children, to teach your children what it is to believe God and do what God says, to trust God. Now, here's the verse. It was by faith. I want you to notice I've highlighted that first sentence because we're going to read through a number of verses in Hebrews chapter 11. It begins with these words. It was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. Folks, do you understand that faith says I am going to believe and trust and obey God before I'm going to believe or trust or obey any human authority here on earth? This is faith. I can tell you, this is something parents, moms and dads, you have got to set that example for your children. You obviously want them to obey the authorities, but when the authorities are saying something that disobeys God or goes against God's law, then you need to stand up, take a stand, and you need to make it clear to your children what it is that you believe and so there's Moses floating down the water and his little sister, his older, little older sister, he sta- she stayed right behind and followed that little basket right to Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses and claims him as her very own. That's going to be her own son. Now, Miriam pops out of the bushes and asks Pharaoh's daughter... Uh, do you want me to go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse, breastfeed the baby for you? And Pharaoh's daughter thinks, hmm, that's a great idea. I can't do it. Yes, she said. And so Pharaoh's daughter gets a hold of Miriam's mother. She doesn't know it's Miriam's mother. She doesn't know that it's Moses' mother. And she says to Moses' mother, take this baby and feed him for me. And, and I love this, and I'll pay you for it hey, wouldn't you just love somebody to come into your life at the three-month mark and say, hey, for the rest of your time, I'm going to pay you to feed your baby. It's like, wow, the best of both worlds. I get to have a baby, and I get paid for it. That's actually kind of how our government works, isn't it? Anyway, that's another story. (laughs) When the child grew up, the Bible says, Moses' mother brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she named him Moses because she pulled him out of the water. Moses actually means to lift out. That's where the name Moses comes from. Now as a grown man, Moses begins to see that his people are being mistreated, terribly mistreated, by the, by the Egyptian people. And One day, he sees one of his Hebrew countrymen being severely abused and beaten by an Egyptian slave driver. And Moses is waiting to see what's going to happen. And finally, he can't stand it anymore. He looks around to see if anybody's watching. And then he kills the Egyptian and hides the body. The next day, he sees two of his fellow countrymen, his his, uh, two Jewish men, having a fight. They're beating a tar out of each other. And and Moses tries to stop. What are you guys doing? Why are you beating each other? And one of the guys says, hey, you're going to kill one of us the way he did the Egyptian? Well, this terrifies Moses. He knows now that everybody knows about about the the death of the Egyptian. And he, he runs away. It was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. And so after he kills this Egyptian, terrified of retribution, terrified of Pharaoh, it was by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt. Not fearing the king's anger, he kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. Now you're getting, a, you're getting the picture here of Moses' life. This guy is on a faith journey. It was by faith that Moses... It was by faith that Moses, it was by faith that Moses. Faith was the thing that marked Moses' life more than anything. So he leaves Pharaoh, he comes to the land of Midian, and while he's there, I'm trying to keep this very, very long story, uh, just long. He finds a wife, and he begins to work for her father. Her father's name is Ruo or Jethro, And he's caring for the sheep. And one day, while he's tending the sheep, he's he's communing with God, no doubt, thinking of his fellow Israelites. It would have been about that time that the Israelites were extremely, uh, in extreme pain, extreme suffering. They're crying, they're groaning, they're suffering, they're asking God for deliverance. And God heard them. And here's what God does. He calls out to Moses. He calls out to Moses from what we call the burning bush. And he tells Moses what his plans are. And so Pharaoh, uh, and so Moses goes to Pharaoh, and he does signs and wonders. Now, you remember the first, the first thing that he does? He takes his staff, he throws it on the ground, and instantly his staff turns into a... A snake. And the magicians in Pharaoh's court, they say, well, that's nothing. We can do that. So they throw their, staff, their staffs on the ground. But Moses' snake goes and swallows up their snakes. And <laughs> do you like that? And Moses then picks up his snake, which becomes a staff again. This is the beginning of signs and wonders. Because here's what Moses is saying to Pharaoh. Pharaoh, you've got to let my people go. I was your son, I was a prince of Egypt, but I want you to know now I am a son of God and I am going to do God's will, not yours, Pharaoh. By the way, are you willing to do that? Are you willing to take a stand? Are you willing to say, God, I'm going to do your will? I'm not going to do the will of of anybody else. I'm not even going to do my own will. You see, this really is what faith comes down to. It's it comes down to whether you're going to do God's will or your will or somebody else's will. But at the end of the day, you've got to do God's will. That's what faith is. It's believing God and doing what God says. So Moses says, I want you to let my people go. And Pharaoh says, well, let me think about it. No. So Moses turns the Nile River and all water in the country into blood and Moses says or Pharaoh says I, I, don't, I don't like this can we get rid of this magician said hey, it's just a trick don't worry Pharaoh I, we can do this it's not a problem Moses says fine we'll have a few more plagues how about some frogs and the land is overrun with frogs and it's overrun with flies it's overrun with boils everybody's sick they got disease there's fiery hail from heaven. There's locusts, darkness. And then the tenth plague. In the house where there is no blood on the doorframe and beam of the doorway, the death angel comes and claims the firstborn. Full of grief, Pharaoh finally agrees to let Israel go. Now, here's what the Bible says. Moses instructed the people, slaughter a lamb, and with the blood from that lamb, put it on the, on the lintel, that's the top beam of the doorway, and on the door frames. And if you'll do that, the death angel will pass by your home. If you don't put the blood on the door frame, then the firstborn in every household will be taken by the death angel. Moses tells the people, after you have slaughtered the lamb, prepare yourself some bread, but do not use yeast because we are getting ready to travel. We're getting ready to move. We're getting ready to do what God wants us to do. God wants us to leave this land. God wants us to leave Egypt. So he says, make bread, but don't use yeast because we don't have time to wait for it to rise. We're moving out of here. Folks, some of you will recognize this as the very first Passover feast. It is in fact symbolic of what we will see happen in the New Testament when Jesus has his last supper with his disciples. And Jesus says: as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do drink this blood and eat this bread, you proclaim my death until I return. Folks, I want you to see something here. You see the door frame? The lentil and the blood on both sides at the top, when you connect those blood spots, it it creates the cross. We're looking forward hundreds of years into the future when Jesus Christ would be a fulfillment of this act of faith. By the way, did you know that salvation, just as in Moses' time, salvation is available to us Today, the same way, by faith. We put our faith in Jesus Christ and the work that he does on the cross, just as the Israelites put their faith in the sign of the cross on the door frames and the lintel. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorposts so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. You getting the picture here? There's no way that Moses could fully appreciate or understand what that act of faith was, putting the blood on the lintel in the door frames. There's no way that the children of Israel would have understood what their act of faith meant. But we know, we know 2,000 years later, that it was a shadow of what was to come, salvation through Jesus Christ, through the shedding of the blood of the Lamb. That's why Jesus is called the blood of the Lamb. He is the fulfillment of the Passover feast. Moses gathers his people together, and you know the story, they cross through the Red Sea. Some have said, well, it's just a sea of reeds. Just the water was very shallow, and it was very easy to pass through. And when the little boy came home from Sunday school and told his mom all about the wonderful story that she'd heard in Sunday school, the mother was not a Christian. She mocked her son and said, oh, it's, just a, it's just a sea of reeds. And the little boy said, well, that's even more remarkable, Mom. The mother said, why is that? And she said, because all of Pharaoh's soldiers all drowned in that ankle-deep water. <laughs> hmm. You ever think of that? It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were what? They were all drowned. Moses goes on to receive the Ten Commandments, and this is how most of us know Moses. The one who went up the mountain, got the word of God, the Torah, and came back to his people And his people began to worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So here's what Moses teaches us this morning. Moses teaches us what faith is. We believe God. We do what he says, even though it doesn't make sense to us, even though we can't see what God sees, even though we don't have all the details. Do you know when we uh, decided to pray and ask God for bigger facilities. This was back a few years now. We were over on Elgin Avenue in a little building across the street from Cecil Road School. And just a handful of people literally had no money. I think, I think maybe our monthly budget was maybe $3,000. I don't even know how we made ends meet. But by faith, Gloria and I Heard the call of God, and God said, go to Weston Gospel Church. There is just a handful of people. They could not even really afford to pay us a proper salary. They did the very best that they could, and we're very grateful to God for that. But we went by faith, believing that God was going to do something special. We had no idea what God had in store, but we did know that God wanted us to come here. And some of you have heard this story numbers of times, but there are new people here, and you need to hear it again. We saw this building up for sale, and we uh, began to pray and say, God, said, God, this would be a great location for Western Gospel Church. It be a great location for us for the future. And we called Safeway, and, or not Safeway, we called the realtor, and the realtor said, no, it's not going to happen. We got, the, we've got, the, we've got on the market for, I think it was close to a million, and besides of which, the Salvation Army, they're going to take it, and they're going to rent it, and they're going to have it. A year went by, and Salvation Army never did move in. We had we had, uh, Byway, some of you remember that. Safeway, Byway, I don't know what other way there was, but it, it, it turns out that nobody was buying this building. And God began to speak to me and, said, and, and, and made it clear to me that That he wanted us to have this building. And I told a few people, a few people of faith that said, amen, I believe it, no questions asked. Others said, are you out of your cotton-picking mind? There's no way that you could afford that building. I remember Don Davidson's uncle, Joe Sharp, I told, we told him we're going to sell our building and we're going to try to buy this one. And he just thought we were the looniest. Dumb, well, I was just a kid in my early 30s. Are you out of your mind? You'll, have to, you'll get it, then you're going to have to sell it. It'll become a funeral home or something, but you will never be able to use it. And I always laugh that it was out of this church that, that uh, Joe Sharp had his funeral service. <laughs> but it was as a church, not as a funeral home. We said to Safeway, look, we have got about $150,000 in property. We're going to sell it. And in order for us to buy the building from you, we are asking you, and again, this comes from prayer, from believing God, we're asking you, Safeway, to give us a donation of $400,000. And your $400,000 with our $150,000 will make it possible for us to buy your building from you. When we, when we told our, the real estate agent what our plan was, he was livid, absolutely furious. Don't play games, this is not a game, and how dare you, and I haven't got, got time for this nonsense, and, and nevertheless, this is what our offer is, please take it to Safeway. And Marilyn Whitlake had just been working at, at Mac, uh, Aikens, Macaulay, and Thorvaldson, where the lawyer, Safeway of Canada, worked and worked and their connections to Safeway of Canada. Long story, very long story, just long. Safeway said yes. And I wish I would have taken a picture of the face of that real estate agent when he came back and sheepishly said, they've accepted your offer. (laughs) It was the biggest donation receipt I've ever signed, $400,000. Dennis... Weeb felt God calling him to start an orphanage in Burundi. He didn't know anybody there. He had a few, pe- few names of people that he could connect with. When he got there, he had no idea how things were going to unfold. He shows up, doesn't really know anybody, doesn't know Bujumbura, doesn't know Burundi, doesn't know really anything, but he's there because God's told him to, he needs to go. And when he goes, God starts opening doors for him, and next thing you know, he's met Delson, And next thing you know, they've got a relationship, a partnership. And the next thing you know, VOH, Village of Hope, Burundi, has begun. And I'm going to tell you folks, the Christian life is all about obeying God. You, you, you don't see what the future looks like. You don't see the outcome. And you rarely do. God promises you that if you obey him, if you do his will, if you will obey your parents, honor your parents, then things will go well for you. You will know the blessing of God. In fact, the Bible says clearly over and over and over and over and over again, if you obey God, you will know God's blessing. If you disobey God, you will experience curses. Read through Deuteronomy. That's what it's all about. It's Moses writing this, this chapter to his people, telling them that they need to trust God, they need to obey Him, and as long as they obey God, everything is going to go good for them. Now, here's what I know: some of you sitting here today, you'd say to your, you're you're saying maybe you know to to people in your life. Maybe you would even hazard to say it to me, Pastor Allen, I became a Christian, and I have really had a hard time. It's really been tough, and I don't know if this Christianity thing really works. I don't really know if. If Christianity is really legit, I'm going to tell you something right now. As long as you're doing things your own way, as long as you're living the Christian life your own way, as long as you are not doing what God tells you to do, then I'm going to tell you you're in for a lifetime of heartache, heartbreak, and suffering. But if you obey God, if you trust him, if you stop listening to your friends, if you stop listening to your family, if you stop listening to yourself and start listening to God and doing his will, then folks, that's a game changer. That's when things start going well for you. That's when things start unfolding before you. But what you can't do is do what you want to do. God wants us to learn to trust him by obeying him. We must trust God even when we don't see what he sees. Paul says to the Corinthians, read that with me, for we live by faith, not by sight. Can I just tell you something right now? Because here's what I'm saying nowadays. So many of us approach God and approach Christianity with our logic, with our reason, with our understanding, Even though the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The Christian life is all about saying, God, I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. Because that's what faith is. But if you're going to come to this Christian life and this Christian faith and say, if it doesn't make sense to me, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to swallow it. I'm not going to embrace it. Then you are going to be one unhappy boy or girl. But if you trust God and start doing what He says, you're going to start to begin. You're going to start to see God working in your life. Things are going to begin to change. You're going to start to see God's blessing, His provision, miracles. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Can you imagine how nerve wracking it must have been for Moses to go back? to Egypt. I mean, Pharaoh wanted to kill him, and now he's going back into Pharaoh's court. And and I'm sure Moses was thinking, well, if I die, I die. <laughs> what else can I do? I'm just going to obey God and do what God says. So it goes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh, in fact, doesn't kill him. In fact, Pharaoh respects him and listens to him. Can you imagine how nerve-wracking it was when he decided to throw that staff on the ground. He's holding his staff, and God said, when you throw the staff on the ground, it will turn into a... So he's holding... Just think about this. He's holding the staff and he's ready to throw it on the ground, and he's thinking, I sure hope this works. <laughs> and he drops it on the ground, and boom! It's a snake. And he's like... Whew, And he says, there's going to be plagues. And he's getting confident now in this life of faith. God tells him what to do. He believes God. He does what God says. And as, it, as time goes on, it becomes easier and easier. As he learns to trust God and do what God says, Things unfold exactly as God promises. Now, let the Spirit of God speak to you right now because some of you have not yet taken those steps of faith to believe God and do what He says. And so it's very tough for you. Others of us have been living by faith for years, and God has been able to do more and more with you and through you. And that's what we found here across church. We've been able to do some pretty amazing things over the years. By faith, every Sunday we take up an offering hoping that people might put something in the offering plate to pay the bills. It's the only thing that we can do, to trust God and trust God's people. And some of you this morning, by faith, have opened your wallet up and you put money in the offering plate thinking, man, I've got lots of bills to pay, but I'm going to believe God and do what he says. What does God say? He says to give. Jesus says, if you give, it will be returned to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over. You'll have far more than you had before if you give. But you have to believe God and do what he says. Imagine how nerve-wracking it must have been for the Israelites. When Moses says, slaughter a little lamb, pack up your household, we're leaving town. They're saying, like, really? You really want us to do this? Moses says, do it. And make sure you put blood on the lintel and on the doorposts so that when the death angel comes by, your children will be spared. Imagine how nerve-wracking it would have been for them to pack everything up, knowing that the Egyptians at any moment could change their mind and come after them and slaughter them all. But by faith, they gathered up their things and made their way out of town. They came to the river, or to to the sea, Red Sea, And there's no getting across because it's water and it's deep. And behind them, Pharaoh and his chariots. And by faith, Moses cries out to God and says, God, deliver us. God says, what do you got in your hand? Remember that staff that became a snake? Well, now that staff's gonna be used for another purpose. Put it over the water. And in that moment, that water parted, and Israel went through on dry ground. By faith, they believed God and they did what God said. You know, we've been teaching the seven habits around here. I'm going to tell you right now, the seven habits are useless if it's not applied in faith. It's just just an exercise. It's just self-will. By faith, every day, I take my Bible, and I study it, and I read it, and I pray, and I ask God to speak to me. By faith I do this, and God speaks to me every day. You hear what I said today? You say, does God still speak? He sure does. You just have to go to him every day and walk with him. And every day God's got something fresh, something new, something exciting, something inspiring, something challenging, sometimes a rebuke, oftentimes a rebuke. By faith, I go to church every Sunday. Do I always feel like it? No. But my wife reminds me I have to go because I'm the pastor. <laughs> By faith, I show up and worship God. By faith, I give. Believing that when I come here and meet with God's people, God's going to do something fresh in my life. And every Sunday when I go home, I feel refreshed, refreshed, I must tell you, I do feel tired at times, but I know that I've been in the presence of Almighty God and I've been with God's people and there's something supernatural that happens when you gather together with God's people. By faith, I make up my mind to do what Jesus wants me to do, to say yes to Jesus. We call it moment by moment holiness. I just say, make decisions that please God. What would Jesus do? And that's what I try to do. Do I always do it? Well, ask my kids and my wife. They'll let you know the truth. I oftentimes don't get it right. But I'm learning and I'm getting it right more and more and more. I'm living a holy life, people. By faith. And guess what's happening? I'm enjoying the blessing that God has promised to us when we live a holy life. Remember Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Well, folks, it doesn't happen by the snap of your fingers. It happens when you believe God and do what He says. By faith, like we started a small group and we invited people into our homes. There's a few of our small group members sitting in the front row here. They've now become dear, dear friends to us. That happened by faith. We trusted God, we did what He said. By faith, we Serve My whole family serves. And we know the blessing of God by faith. We share our faith with others. By faith, I give and give and give, believing that God is going to bless me for my faithfulness. You see what I'm talking about this morning? By faith, we do what God tells us to do. I want you to see this. Moses is talking to the Israelites. By this point, he's got the Ten Commandments and he's been with Israel through the wilderness for 40 years. And he says, Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you? How many know what I'm talking about? Humbling you. Has anybody been humbled by God? Yes or no? And testing you to prove your character. And to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Moses lived a life of faith. I gotta tell you, he didn't get it right every single time. In fact, it was because of his disobedience that Moses was actually not allowed into the promised land. Did you know that? There was a time he didn't have faith. And Moses says, You're gonna keep on being tested to prove your character. Because as you are tested and as you pass those tests, you become a better Christian. You improve. You get better and better. Yes, Moses says, God humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna. You've gone through some difficulties, some struggles, some hunger, some thirst, some shortage in your life. Moses tells us the reason God allows that is to test you so that you'll start doing what God says. You'll start believing him. God is not going to let you off the hook. If you're a Christian today, God's not going to let you off the hook. If you're not a Christian today, well, you know, just let this go in one ear and out the other. It was a good story, wasn't it? But for those of us who are trying to follow Jesus and trying to do God's will, then you need to understand that God is going to continue to test you. And you will not advance in your spiritual life until you pass that test. Here's what Isaiah says. Behold, this this is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah. Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Are you going through some affliction right now? Things aren't going good in your marriage. Things aren't going good in your family. Things aren't going good for you at work. Things aren't going good for you financially. God's letting you go through a bit of testing, through a bit of affliction. Why? Because he wants you to learn what it means to obey him and do his will. And in that moment that you say, yes, God, I'm going to do it your way, it's a game changer. Now here's the good news, folks. Israel, they had a hard time learning. And when I was a kid, I thought, man, they are so dumb. What is the matter with these dumb Israelites? God has done all those miracles and he did the plagues and opening of the Red Sea and fire from heaven and all of that. And yet they couldn't trust God to go into the promised land the first time. God says, that's it. You're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. Here's the good news. The people of Israel did eventually learn, and they did eventually pass the test, and they did eventually go into the promised land. Let the Spirit of God speak to you right now, because you may be going through a testing, a time of trial and difficulty and struggle. And the good news is that God does want to bring you into his promise, into his blessing into his provision, into his abundance. But you got to pass that test. And don't panic, because if you're serious about following God, you will eventually get into that place of promise. You will eventually make it into the promised land. For some of us, sadly, it's not until we die and leave this earth. Wouldn't it be nice to begin experiencing a taste of heaven right here and right now? What have you been saying no to God about? It's time to say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'm going to do your will. Yes, Lord, I'm going to sign up to serve. Yes, Lord, I'm going to give. Yes, Lord, I'm going to get into a small group. I'm going to host a small group. I'm going to lead a small group. Yes, I'm going to start making it a commitment to be in church every Sunday. I'm going to start to do my devotions every day. In faith, I'm going to do these things believing that God has got an abundance for me. Amen? Amen? Let's stand together and pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the affliction, that furnace of affliction where we learn, where we grow, where we're tested. And we become better men and better women for your glory and honor. God, you want us to be the best that we can possibly be. You want us to begin to experience that promised land here on earth. Some of us, quite frankly, aren't going to experience it until we die and leave this earth. But God, you want it to start now and here for us. So give us the grace, we pray, and the strength to start saying yes to God by obeying Him and doing His will. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me? Tell the person beside you go do God's will.